for listening to Hope Central's latest message. You can learn more about Hope Central or find more messages at hopecentral.org.au. Today I've been asked to speak about being prepared and the, the first thing I thought about that came to mind when I thought about this, it says project, being protected. What did I say? That's what I want to talk about today. So <laughs> how I should have read my slide first before I put it up. The first thought I have about being protected is this. When I was 19, I was working with my dad and no one had first aid training on our staff at the time. Who in their work has to go and do first aid training? How much fun is it? Yeah, that's right. And so I'd never done it before and they said it's a two-day intensive thing, you need to go and do this. And, and I was going through something when I was 19. I had, had a lot of anxiety and crowds and, and people in a room was just like, this is the worst thing ever for me. And so I, I, I managed to do it. I got there. I, I actually knocked it back twice and said, I'm too sick to go and, and, and all this. And my dad was like, what's wrong with you? Just get a log and do it. So I ended up going. Mental health back then was a bit uh, handled a little bit differently, I think. Just get over it. Deal with it. Anyway, so I got there and I'm in the room and they, they were saying, all right, scenario, scenario number one. There's a guy. You're walking along the road and you find a guy and he's lying down on the ground. He's unconscious. What do you do? And in my head, I'm like, I've, I've got to get over this anxiety. So I'm, I'm going to say something first. And I said, you take his wallet. <laughs> and, and I thought, oh, I'll say something like that. Everyone will think, and I'm so glad you guys laughed. If you were there, it was a total opposite. It was like, everyone just looked at me like, are you serious? This is a serious thing. We're here to learn. We're here to learn. I'm like, oh, yep. And uh, it was like the most... And then they said, we need you to pair up. No one wanted to pair up with me. I was that social idiot in the room. Anyway, I was, like, I was hating life and, and I got through it. But I remember not knowing anything about anaphylaxis. Who knows anything about anaphylaxis? Like, I didn't know anything about it. And then you go this and they tell you about EpiPens. And one of the things they said to me or to the group, they said... What a lot of people do is they grab the EpiPen and they put their hand on the person that they're going to put the, use the EpiPen on with and they go like this and they stab their hand. And so the per- it's, it's happened a lot. And so the, per- the person that's in trouble that needs the pen is just like, I'm not going to have this. You've just injected and someone who's trying to help you is just dancing around like this for 20 minutes being absolutely useless. So I remember that. But I remember them telling me about anaphylaxis. And what it is, it's an, it's an allergic reaction, isn't it? get stung by a bee, you eat peanuts, something like that, you get an allergic reaction and your body goes into this protection mode and you get hives and your tongue swells up and you can look like this. But it can get to the point, this is a thing, your body tries to protect you from what's trying to attack it and, and it overprotects to the point where it'll kill you. Your, your tongue will swell up, you'll, you'll choke or you'll, you'll go into a, a seizure or you'll... you'll you could die from anaphylactic shock. You could die from that. Did you know the word phylaxis? Try to say that. <laughs> the word phylaxis is a Greek word for protection. It means to stand in front, to stand in front of something, to guard it, to stop anything from getting 
to it, so I'll stand in, in front of it. And when I thought of this, I thought, yeah, we, we do that in life. And, and it made me think, am I standing in front of something too much sometimes in my life? Am I protecting some of the things in my life too much? How about this? How hard am I working? Am I like anaphylaxis in my life? Am I working so hard to protect my finance that it, it kills other areas of my life? Am I working so hard to protect my family that it kills other parts of my life? Or my social status, that people know that I've got it all together, that I have a new car and I have the house and I have the clothes and that that everybody thinks is acceptable. Am I working so hard at protecting my social status that it's at the uh, point of me losing my actual life or my image that's a huge thing isn't it my image I don't want people to think I don't have it all together I like to think I'm quite a transparent person but um, sometimes you just you just protect yourself so much you don't want people to know you don't don't have it all together but the reality is is that no one here has it all together but we protect it don't we we protect it I was watching a show the other night and this guy he is is funny he just keeps trying to be something he's not and this woman says just be you and he kept trying and he says just be you and then he was just him and he let his guard down and they were able to have this great conversation but he kept it up he kept protecting that and this is the thing is it working is it working for you what you're doing to protect these things is it working and this is a great way to think about it this is what I think is the key to to know if it's actually working do you have a peace do you have peace about your finances? Do you have peace about your family? When, when I found out we were having a, a boy, having Edward, I, like, I was like telling people that I didn't even know I'm having a boy. I'd stand in the shops and just say, I'm having a boy. And they'd be like, who are you? Like they didn't know who I am. And I'm, like, I'm having a boy. I was so excited. And then my son came and I saw him. Remember the first thing he said when I was, I was changing his nappy? He was like, enough, enough. That's what he sounded like he was saying. I'm like, oh, I love my boy. He's so vulnerable. He's so vulnerable. And I had this realisation, he's so vulnerable. Something could happen to him. And, and I went through this stage for about four years of my son's life. I'd go to work and i think, I'm going to come home, my son's dead. Yeah, it's horrendous. Maria, you've got me, I don't want to cry. I'm not going to cry, I'm not going to cry. It's just dusty in here. But this, so I'd, and I'd be, how do I protect him? How do I protect him? I'm working hard to think, how do I protect him? And I couldn't. I couldn't. I had to find a peace about that. That was something that really plagued me. And there are things like that in your life today. You might be thinking about your finances. You might have grown up in a family that did it really tough. And you're thinking, I've got to protect my finances. I've got to, I've got to protect my family. I've got to provide for everybody. So I'm going to work six jobs and I'm going to provide for my family. And it's at the detriment of your life in the effort to protect that. We work so hard. A great example of working really hard to protect themselves is Saul. King Saul. The, the poor guy, I mean, he, he, off, off the back foot already uh, from the tribe of Benjaminite, is from the tribe of Benjamin, and they weren't really rated all that highly anyway. And then when he was called to be king, it was kind of like, well, I've got to be king. I've got to be this king that everybody sees. And he couldn't go off of looks and height alone and, and a warrior he had to try and convince the, the people you know and he felt like he had to keep protecting this and who became his enemy 
David. Why was David his enemy? David was smaller than him. He didn't have uh, the, he didn't have the calling on his life right then. He wasn't told that he was king, but he was so threatened by David. And the decisions that he made around David just seemed to backfire. In order to protect himself, it always seemed to backfire. And so Saul would send David off to go and get killed, and David would come back absolutely triumphant. And the people would start singing songs like Saul killed his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. And then he goes, I'm going to get him to marry my daughter who's a pain in the neck. And then they love each other and it ends up working out that now he's the heir to the, the throne. And like all these decisions that he's making in order to protect himself are causing him more pain. It's almost like... He's thinking, I'm going to protect what I think is most important in my life rather than the calling God has given me. All he needed to do was be king and be guided by God and protect that, protect what God wanted for the Israelites. But what was he protecting? He was protecting himself. And this is the thing, Saul, he never had peace. He never had a peace in his life. It's like it says that there was an evil spirit that descended on him and he would throw a spear at David like in the middle of their courtroom, just throw it at him and just become outraged and became ill and, and weird and loopy and, and, and all this sort of stuff would happen in his life and he never had a peace. He never had a peace. That's the big thing. Peace is something that we, we long for so much and we think... I need it in my life. And we think that peace comes from protecting things under our own strength and finding our own way to do it. So I want to ask you this today. What are you protecting in your life? Years ago, I was um, at a skate park up near Tea Tree Gully. And we were mucking around up there a few mates. And this car drove past and it yelled out at us. It was another car of young people and they yelled out to us. And we were kids and we were like, oh my gosh, we're going to get beat up. So we all jumped in our cars and drove off and they thought we were chasing them. And so we were like, and we turn in the streets, we see each other and we all just go the other way around the streets. And anyway, we ended up behind uh, Pelican Plaza where the Hungry Jacks was there. We were, we were behind it, houses behind it. We were sitting there and I was, it was just my mate and I and I was sitting there uh, on the bonnet of my car. My mate was on the bonnet of his car and we are just talking about something. It would have been mindless dribble. And this guy comes running like absolutely running like there's someone with a gun to his head and he's like this and he gets to my car opens the back door of my car dives into the back seat shuts the door and yells at me says they're after me they're gonna kill me and I was like who like I don't know what's going on and I'm like what's someone's after this guy so I, I, I hopped in my car like I didn't know what to expect I hopped in I said what's going on he says they're all after me they're all after me they're gonna hurt me they're gonna kill me and I thought this guy's getting beat up Maybe it's those guys that were chasing us before. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, so I, I said, what, what, what are we, where, where do you live? I'll take you home. So I started the car. As I started the car, this car comes up, up the road, and it's whoop, comes flying up, screams around the corner, pulls up alongside me. And he says, have you seen a guy? And I said, I've seen lots of guys uh, around here. He says, no, have you seen a guy? I said, uh, uh, no. And the guy took off. And I was absolutely packing it, right? Like I'm really scared. And, and the guy goes, just take me home, I'm like three streets away. And I said, all right. So like, I, I start the car, drive, drop him off. He gets out of the car, not even a thank you, runs inside the house. And my mates with me and were like, man, that was crazy. What the heck happened there? Anyway, so I said, all right, mate, well, you know, to my friend, I said, have a good night. So I took off, hopped in my car, I drove out onto the main road. 
and started driving past Pelican Plaza. And as I drove past, there was about 100 people around and there was a car that had come screaming around a corner and gone through someone's fence and into their front yard and killed the lady in the lounge room. And this guy that hopped in my car was the guy who was driving that car. And I helped him to go home. So imagine what I'm thinking. Oh, I didn't know. So I went straight to the police. I said, I know where he lives. I know, it's got, I know what's happened, all of this. It was horrendous. What was I protecting, though? You see, that guy hopped into my car and it looked really good. I was like, I've got to protect this guy. He, he's hurting. This guy is in trouble. And I thought, I better protect him because his life's in danger. And, and not knowing that what I was protecting was not worth protecting. It can be like our lives sometimes, thinking, I need to protect my career. I need to protect my finances. I need to protect my, my social status, my image. I need dignity at all times and respect at all times. And I have to protect that. And I have to work hard to protect that. The harsh reality is, is that when it's a slap in the face, you realise how hard you've been working at something. And you think, I could have been working so hard at something that was really worth protecting, couldn't I? Very sobering thought. And this is the thing. We, we feel the need to protect what we value most. Uh, this is just naturally what we do, isn't it? And we think like this because of, of the mentality of survival of the fittest or natural selection, all those sort of things. But this is the thing I want to say, is that we don't live under that law. In God's kingdom, we don't live under survival of the fittest. We don't live under, un, under that. It's not about that. We are all equal sons and daughters of God. We don't have to fight to protect ourselves in God's kingdom. We don't have to do that. We are protected in his kingdom. And this is the thing. I, I think we get to the point where we start protecting. I think Rad touched on this last week. Uh, where it says we are protecting the fruit rather than the tree that bears the fruit. We get to a point where we're thinking, oh, I need to protect um, what I can see in front of me rather than who provides that for you. In uh, Matthew ten thirty nine, it says this, whoever finds their life will lose it and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. What are you fearful of losing? What, uh, what in your life are you fearful of losing? I am um, weighing up about this. To say it or not, I've had a lot of um, uh, young guys. It's, it's a big passion of mine to to, to look after uh, young men. But a lot of guys I, I grew up with. I remember I had a, a next door neighbour. Um, his name was um, Simon. I get him mixed up with another guy called Scott. His name was Simon. I wasn't always allowed to play with him because he would say colourful words that my dad didn't appreciate. And uh, we used to do skids and all sorts. Finding skid kids was something I did with him. It was awesome. Does anyone know what Finding skid kids is? Yeah, see? Because it's really cool. That's what it is. Uh, I'm not going to tell you because I'll get even more embarrassed talking about it from stage. But we used to do that sort of stuff together, muck around. And um, he was just tormented, this guy. And I, I would say stuff to him as a friend. I mean, I was only like a seven-year-old kid. But he was just tormented and he would always think, about things in a way that I just never thought of like that and not in a good way, in a bad way. I remember getting a phone call from his dad when I was 24 saying that he'd taken his life. I had a friend called Scott who at school, same thing, 
tormented. Um, school does that. And I got a phone call when I was 25 again from his mum saying that he'd taken his life. I had a young guy at youth. His name was David. Such an absolute champion. Really wanted to speak in tongues. I remember at a camp he was so craving to speak in tongues. And it just, just wasn't happening for him. I'm sorry if my voice is quivering. It's just really dusty in here. And he's trying, he's trying his hardest. And, and it's like, it's, it's not about that, Dave. Like, it, it, it'll happen. Just, just, just be prayerful to God. It'll happen. And he, and he didn't get it. And because of that, and, and the people that he had around him as well, I got a phone call from a mate to say that he had taken his life about three years after that. And so on. Other people in my life that I've had... And, and you think, I've, I want to protect them. I want to protect them from this. But I can't. I can't protect them. I'm, I'm working hard. I mean, this, this David, I was catching up with him probably three, four nights a week. I'd go to his house. I'd take him out to Macca's. I'd say, it's all right, mate, you know. I know things are tough. Things, things are tough. I know. It's, it's, it's hard. I get it. And you, you empathize with them and you walk with them and you try to protect them. And yet, I couldn't save them. And I think there's a lot of us here that have had that in our lives and we've experienced things like that. And it, and it made me realise I, I can't protect everything in my life. I can't actually do it. I just can't. I don't, I don't have the strength. I don't have the knowledge. I don't, I don't have the intelligence. I don't have the words. I don't have the, the words and the articulation to use those words. I, I don't have it. The only thing I know is that God can do it. God is our protector. And if those young guys, if they had a known Jesus like I do, I, I totally believe things would be different. Because I've been in a place where it's, it has been very dark like that for me as a teenager. And so when I see other young men, it's like I, I had people in my life saying, it's okay, it's okay. And they wanted to protect me and they wanted to stop me from experiencing what I was. But I, I needed Jesus. And they knew that too, but I needed Jesus. And I believe Jesus is my protector. He's the protector of my thoughts. He's the protector of my family. He's the protector of my finances. Amen. What are you fearful of losing in your life? Your comfort? When someone says, hey, we need more volunteers at church? Enough said. <laughs> what are you fearful of losing? Your, your finances? I remember when I was a kid, we had rice, milk and sugar for about two years for dinner. I was like, man, we're having dessert every night for dinner. This is so good. I didn't know that my dad was riding his bike to work <clears throat> and we had a car in the driveway, excuse me. <clears throat> we had a car in the driveway that was unregistered, uninsured and couldn't afford to drive it. I just assumed my mum drove it during the day. My dad did that for me. I had no idea. I had, I had shoes, I had the clothes I needed, all of that. My dad and my parents did that for me. That has nothing to do with this point, but I wanted to say that. I'm so proud of my parents that did that. What about this, your dignity? Are you afraid of losing your dignity? Like being asked to share a, a word two days before you need to share it and not know what you, you need to say, putting yourself out there. What about respect? That's a big thing. 
respect. I'm fearful of losing respect. If I tell people that I can't afford to look after my family, people aren't going to respect me. What about this? My health. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a big thing, isn't it? I mean, we, we hear stuff on TV all the time about your health, and, and it's, like, it's almost like fear-mongering, isn't it? It's like, well, you've got to watch out. You could end up with kidney stones, which is like the world's biggest fear for every bloke. Yeah, it's it's horrendous. But your health, or when you're here, I I, I heard someone recently um, is very close to me. Has been diagnosed um, with with an illness that has given them about three to four years to live, and it's quite sad. And it's to do with their lungs, and I have asthma. And so, what comes in my head when I'm all alone at night, and you're worried about losing your health, and you're thinking. I could end up with that. It's impossible for me to end up with it, but I could end up with that. It gets in your head and then you start thinking, I could lose my health to this. What about this? Your friends? Worried about losing your friends, love, or your peace? For me, it just keeps coming back to peace. Because of this, David, the complete opposite to Saul. What was David trying to protect? He was trying to protect Saul, which is what God called, called him to do. He said, look after Saul, he's the king. That's what I want you to do. You see, David's focus wasn't about protecting himself. It was about protecting the calling God put on his life. And in that, he was so vulnerable, wasn't he? Extremely vulnerable. And I think that this is the key. You see, look at... Saul's life and David's life, they both had lots of dramas in their life, didn't they? I mean, David probably had more dramas in his life than Saul. But David had a peace. A peace. Like, that's, that's what we want. And I believe this. I love this. It says here in 1 Samuel 18, 23, they repented, sorry, they repeated these words to David, but David said, do you think it is a small matter to become the king's son-in-law? I'm only a poor man and a little known. This is after King Saul uh, has said, I want you to go and say to David that I want him to marry Michael, my daughter. And this is David's response in humility. He's completely vulnerable. And he points out to Saul, I'm completely vulnerable. I am nothing. I am, I am nothing in your eyes. Why would you choose me? He doesn't try and protect his right to do as he pleases. He He totally admits that he's vulnerable and and humbles himself before him. See, this is what I believe. I believe true protection is actually vulnerability. You see, like the word protection is to stand in front with that, that word phylaxis. If it's to stand in front, the opposite of that would be to what stand behind and allow whatever you're standing in front of, was standing in front of, to now be completely vulnerable. How hard is it to do that? How hard is it at a men's breakfast when all the guys are challenged to share the struggles they have in their lives to go, yep, I'm going to share my struggles. Why? Because you have to be vulnerable. But something that I I think is so great for the growth of our church that we did uh, recently was the Tuesday night and we were praying and, and Ash said to us, he said, why don't you get in small groups and pray together? Share what's going on in your world and pray together. 
and I probably said this 20 times, I just, I'm so excited by it because what I saw that night was people, the body of Christ coming together and strengthening and growing. See, because the God, God's word says that as we confess our sins to one another, our sins being anything that we put uh, above God in our lives, anything that bothers us, that can be anything that gets in the way of our relationship with God. It says that as we confess our sins, that we will be healed. That we'll be healed and free from that. And, and I love that. And then the protection comes from what? The focus of God in our lives. Christ is our protector. I love, um, I love handshakes. I'm like the most awkward with handshakes. Everyone seems to come up to me like this these days to do a handshake. I don't get that. I'm from the era of that. Like that's how you shake a hand. Does anyone else get that? They do that and then they lean in for a hug. And I'm like, listen, I'm struggling enough with just the handshake. Why do we need to do a hug as well? It's like I'm overcommitting to this. Just So if you come up to shake my hand and it doesn't work, it's because you're doing it wrong. It's meant to be like that. Okay. I love awkward handshakes. Spare type in awkward handshakes, and it's like all Donald Trump. I don't know why. They're great. But this one is fantastic. How good is that? She is definitely into that. Do you know the origin of, a, uh, of the handshake? Like, there's, there's a few different sort of stories about it, and regardless of whether this is factual or not, <laughs> it's a little disclaimer. I'm going to say it anyway. Um, it was, it was a sign of vulnerability, right? It was a sign of peace when you would shake hands because of this, because people would have weapons on them. And you can't hold your weapon in your hand when you shake someone else's hand. You have to put your weapons down or not have them on you at all. And so what you're doing when you shake someone's hands, you're exposing and you're saying to them, I, I come in peace and I'm vulnerable. And if you don't return this handshake, I know that you're carrying a weapon. Interesting, isn't it? Every time you shake someone's hand now, I just think, are they carrying a weapon? I wonder if they're going to stab me with that. But that, that's what we need to do. You see, we, we, we hold on and we don't shake hands. You know, they said that COVID was going to be the killer of the handshake. And so when, when I put this up, I was almost going to do the, the elbow bump. You know, that's the exposing of, of, of vulnerability. But it's something I want to say about this is that I think that when we come to shake hands with God, that we don't. That we're, we're, not, we're not exposing our whole hand to God and we're not being vulnerable with God. And we've still got things that we're holding on to that we're protecting. And I'm thinking if he knows about everything, I'm holding it back and I'm, I'm not going to let him have all that. But we need to come to God the proper way, like this, not like this, like this. And say, God, I'm completely yours. I'm completely vulnerable to you because I know that you are my true protector. And that I will have peace in you. And this is what's so amazing. Next month is, I was going to be sharing this next week, but next month is, is about the gift of Christ. It's about, about Jesus. And the gift of Christ is this sonship with God, the promise of protection and peace. He is the Prince of Peace. Sometimes we don't understand what a gift is worth. Or sometimes we, we get given a gift and we don't realise the value of it. I remember when I was seven years old, um, we used to have Christmas as a big family, and everyone would open their presents together, all my cousins, everybody. It was great. 
And I saw my cousin open his gift and he got this Tamiya uh, radio controlled car, really good radio controlled car. And then my, my other cousin got a Game Boy and then I opened my present and I got a U-pillow. <laughs> and um, I'll be honest, I'm not great with my face uh, when I'm not happy about something. And my mum could see it. And my mum's like, it's great, you love U-pillows. Anyway... The short of it. Remember? It's like, with your pillow I shall play. It's like, there's nothing to do with it. And I, I had this gift and I thought at seven years old, this is the worst gift ever. I don't understand the benefit of this. And I'm in no way comparing this with Christ. It's just an illustration. But that you pillow became very valuable to me. I learned how to sleep properly because of a you pillow. I was sleeping and always woke up with you know issues. And that you pillow helped me. And as I got older, I realised the value of it. And I thought, That's, that was really good. That really helped me. Now, just an illustration all right, to say this. Sometimes we don't realise the gift that Christ is in our life. We don't realise this. And we think, well, thank you for dying on the cross for me, Lord. Thank you so much. It's great. And then we walk away and go, I need to protect this again. I need to do it. We're not realising that that gift that we've been given is now protecting all of that. It's like our sins. Jesus died for our sins. Not the sins we've done, all the sins we're doing now, the sins that we're doing and going to do as well, all of them. And yet we still think we have to deal with our sins. We don't understand the gift. And the gift is, is that we are protected in Christ. And all we have to do is accept it. We just have to shake hands. It's, it's vulnerability. And this is the thing today. I, this is not a, a big come up the front, pray, all, all that stuff. I think that's very important. But I'd love to leave you uh, with, I'll get Mel to come up with Rodrigo if that's all right. I'd love to leave you with that for this week to, to appreciate the gift of Christ in your life and be vulnerable like this. Can I, can I be really practical with you? This week, when you feel that there's no peace, be vulnerable. So when you feel a, a, an anxiety or a, a stress or a pressure about something and you feel like you need to protect it, be vulnerable and ask God, what do you want me to do? It's like this. I, um, I had my neighbour uh, the other day, I was mowing my lawns, and um, my, my neighbour gets annoyed if I sneeze in my shed kind of guy, like gets a bit annoyed at the, the noise level. I play it up. I probably could be a bit more quiet. So I'm mowing my lawns the other night and I, it was 20 past seven. Okay, it was late. This is, this is, is like, it's all the only time I had to do it. And I'm mowing my lawns and I had the lawnmower going and I had my hand down near the catcher and I was just getting some grass out, you know, in the, the SOP sort of way, get the grass out. Blades still running, get down. And on the fence, I just hear this. And I'm like, oh, I nearly got my hand caught in the lawnmower. So I'm really happy. <laughs> and, and I say, like, I shut the lawnmower off and I said, was that for me? And the guy says, I'm just saying it's a bit late. And I said, well, why don't you say something? You know, don't bang on the fence. You know, why don't you say something? And he goes, I'm just saying it's a bit late. I said, well, I'll be done in 20 minutes really angry <laughs> keep going and every time I walk outside 
I'm like, my neighbor, my neighbor, my neighbor. And all this is coming in my head. And I'm thinking, how do I protect myself? What am I going to say next time he says something to me? What's, what's really witty and what's going to be funny and what's going to like put him back in his box? I'm, I, I'm thinking this. And God's going, you are not being vulnerable at all. He said, you're protecting yourself. And I thought, yeah, I actually look like an idiot. <laughs> I say I'm a Christian and I'm getting annoyed and I want to say something back. And so he was in the backyard yesterday. And uh, I, I was praying for him. And God's saying, just pray for him. And he's in the backyard. And I could hear him. And I said, you over there, Pete? He said, yeah. I said, I'm sorry, mate, for being short with you the other day. He goes, oh, I'm sorry for banging on the fence. I just, I just, I don't know what to do. You know, like I'm, you know, I said, it's all right, mate. And I said this. I said, I am not a threat to you in any way. I'm not a threat I want you to know that if you ever feel like I'm, I'm doing something, you know, chat to me. Let's talk about it. And so we had a chat for about five minutes. And this man, you know, he has some stuff in his life and he doesn't know how to deal with it. But through being vulnerable to what God had to say, I wasn't protecting myself. I was protecting what God wanted. There's a bridge and a connection rather than a neighborhood feud. And so... When you don't have a piece about something and you're thinking, I've got to protect myself this week, I want to leave you with that. Be vulnerable to what God has to say. Say, Lord, you're my protector. How, how do I have peace in this? And ask him, amen. I'm just going to pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much for your love, your mercy and grace and that the gift of Jesus is just something that we, we can't comprehend and, and fully understand, but we know that uh, your word says that we are so, um, so blessed. So blessed, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for everybody in this room this morning. I ask that uh, the word today, Lord, uh, that it would be a seed, uh, Lord, and that, uh, that you have spoken to everybody uh, through it, Father God. But Lord, I just ask that... Uh, as we uh, focus on things in our lives, those things that we feel are so valuable and sometimes more valuable than we see our relationship with you, Lord, that we guard and protect, Lord, that we could just put those barriers down and that we could be completely vulnerable to you, Father God, because you are our protector and you are the Prince of Peace. So, Lord, this morning I declare a peace over everybody in this room. I declare a peace over people watching online this morning as well, Lord. Those things in your life that are, are, are turmoil, those things in your life that are, are frustrating, those things in your life that don't make sense and you feel like there's no way out, Lord, that there would be a peace, your peace right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you want more information about who we are, visit us at hopecentral.org.au or join us for Sunday worship at any of our three campuses.